0: Welcome to the ADHD Open Space Podcast. My name is Gray Miller, and I will be your host and facilitator as we explore ideas, workarounds, accommodations, and other aspects of being a professional adult with ADHD. Most of this will come from my perspective as a cis white male in his mid-50s, living in the Midwest who found out a year ago, that I've been living with ADHD my entire life. I am not an expert on ADHD, except maybe in not knowing I've had it for half a century and somehow still getting by. But I promise to cite my sources or at least admit when I'm repeating something I read on the interwebs. If I say anything you don't agree with, you're welcome to call me on it and let me know. This podcast is also part of the lead-up into the first ADHD Open Space happening in Madison, Wisconsin, on January 20th, 2024. You can learn more about that event both here in the show and at the website ADHDopen.space. The first 30 episodes of this podcast are also being released as part of National Podcast Post Na Pod Pomo. That means things might get a little rough, but it's going to be fun. Kind of like ADHD, right? Enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 18th podcast in National Podcast Post Month 2023. Uh, I am trying to do 30 podcasts in 30 days, and I'm kind of cheating because I have written a lot of stuff about ADHD, and so... For example, yesterday, when I wanted to do this particular uh, podcast I'm going to do right now, I was just not really prepared, didn't feel like it. It was a hard day at work, blah, blah, blah. And so instead, I pulled up an old article that I had written and read it into the podcast as well. Now, I don't think it's cheating. It's still my content. But you may find that those article podcasts are, shall we say, a little more coherent, and straightforward and don't have as many ums and ahs in it because I'm just reading stuff that I've already edited and made pretty coherent and things like that. However, this podcast is fresh content. In fact, I'm probably going to have to, in order to get a good um, transcript, probably going to have to run this through to script and stuff. So you may not get the thing at the end, but I also know that is going to be a resonant podcast. And the reason I know this is because I have in fact succumbed to being on threads because ADHD threads are, is I made it hashtag hashtag ADHD threads is a wonderful place. There are so many people, uh, especially late diagnosed people like me who are there and sharing their experiences, which really resonate and I'm big about permission, so I can't yet say who did the initial post because I don't have their permission to quote them or mention them on this podcast. But roughly speaking, they were referencing the fact that ADHD people tend to go through a whole lot of different um, organizational tools. So I've mentioned this a few times before, if you go back to the gray HD. Drinking Game episode I mentioned that I started long ago long before I was diagnosed having a love affair with organization tools and productivity methods and things like that I have pared I have notion mastered I have done linking your thinking and all kinds of fun stuff like that I don't regret any of it it was fun and to this day I sort of realize that I have a hobby of learning organizational systems. Johnny Decimal. Oh, my God. Such a beautiful, wonderful, amazing way to organize information that worked for me for about 20 minutes. Um, But anyway, this uh, one particular uh, thread was mentioned. And again, at some point, I may get permission from them to mention their name. And at that point, I will sing their names to the heavens, put them in the show notes. And more things like that, because they're a very funny thread stir. Thread stir, is that what they are? Um, But just to give you an idea of how popular this was, there were at the time of this recording 48 replies and 587 likes to this one little one sentence thread uh, that was posted two days ago. So I suspect it's going to get more and more. I did, however, see one particular reply. And I do have permission to quote this person. This person is Jeff Kirvin, and K I R V I N. And he very graciously said that uh, I believe he's also about the same age as me, maybe a little bit younger. But he said in response to this, he said, "Look, I had to move from bullet journaling and craft to tasks and To Doist and Notes Journal in Obsidian while on a road trip without my Mac for reasons like." Being ADHD, for instance. So, the fact that this particular podcast is going to be a comparison between Notion and Obsidian, two of the more popular personal knowledge management or PKM tools out there, uh, is, I know it's going to be relevant and may even be useful. That being said, I am not a Notion ambassador yet. I am not an Obsidian knight. Right now, I have used both Notion and Obsidian extensively, uh, but, spoiler alert, I outlined this particular article in my Notion. So that may give you an idea of where I end up on this. However, I will tell you the reasons I end up there are not necessarily the best reasons or the happiest reasons. So thanks, Jeff, for um, letting me quote you on this. And uh, I appreciate that. And I hope you enjoy this podcast as well. So for those of you who may not know what Notion is, um, Notion, you can find it at Notion.so and you can get download it for free. You can join it for free. I shouldn't say download. It does have an app, but um, I, it's, a, it's kind of boomed. I mean, it had, I think, a couple of billion dollars in funding right now, last I heard. So I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of Notion uh, from an ADHD lens, as well as a general lens. And then I'm going to do the same thing for Obsidian, and then I'm going to tell you why I ended up where I ended up. So first of all, let's talk about Notion. Notion is pretty. I like to think of it, well, because I'm old, I called it an erector set for knowledge, Um, That gets you some strange looks for people that don't know that an Erector set was something back in the day. So maybe I'll say Tinker Toys or Legos for uh, knowledge. And in that, you can get a a tool that you can do all kinds of things with that. And Notion basically has two different aspects to it. It's certainly a note-taking tool but it also has a pretty powerful relational database system behind it. I should also give a caveat here. I am not really a techie person. I am a person who likes to follow techie people. So I may use phrases or make uh, comments here that sound like I know what I'm talking about, and I am either really parroting someone else or I actually don't know what I'm talking about. So if there are corrections, please feel free to make them in the comments. So Notion, as I mentioned, made a big splash, got a lot of funding. There are so many things about it. They have an ambassador program. They have a certified consultant program that you can do. It is, I believe, the market leader right now, probably the most popular version of a personal knowledge management tool out there. Um, You can find... Lots of tutorials, both on the Notion page itself. Their tutorials are pretty dang good from everything from how to make your first note page to how to run a whole project management system within Notion. Um, there are also lots of templates, both free and purchasable. You can get some of them right off the Notion website. They even have sort of a marketplace. Uh, I even have one of my templates up there for uh, doing content Uh, editorial calendars but you can also purchase them from people who are very clever and I have spent literally hundreds of dollars on various notion templates for all kinds of different things part of the reason it's so useful is because the fact that it's not just documents it's not just putting in a pdf or a note or an agenda or something like that it is also databases that you can put in looks just like a regular excel database In fact, you can import a database, as long as you make it into a comma-separated value, CSV file first, uh, into Notion. And I've done that before, too. It's very useful. Um, And then once you have the databases in there, you can look at them in several different ways. You can look at it as a Kanban board, as a calendar, as a list. You can decide what different parts of it you're going to see. Are you going to just see due dates? Are you going to see other things? I have a editorial calendar for Napod Pomo, and it shows the various different episodes. Every episode has its own particular little document attached, and I can record where it's coming from. I can record what status it is: has it been recorded? Has it been edited? Has it been posted? I can re- uh, record links. It's very useful. It also is pretty. It's elegant. Um, It has a very clean interface, just basically light or dark, but you can customize it and put in different header images, different icons. It comes with an icon set, or you can import your own. And it also handles media really well. You can embed videos, you can embed PDFs, you can embed slide decks, Uh, There are lots of different integrations that you can do with them. Now, I will say the integrations are not always free. I have found especially they haven't quite yet made a clear, at least not at the time of this recording and at the time of my best of my knowledge, they haven't made a straightforward integration with, say, Google Calendar or something like that. So if you're going to do that, you're probably going to need to actually pay some money to integrate it with whatever you use. That being said, there's a lot of integrations, including things like Figma, and Excalibur, and Miro, and all kinds of different things. You can tell maybe that I do a lot of visual uh, drawing work as well, which will come into some significance later on. The one of the big problems, well, I'm not getting into the problems yet. One of the really nice things about Notion is that it is a web-based program. So, for example, I took the notes for this particular podcast while I was sitting in a coffee shop at a grocery store on my iPad mini, and I was typing away, and I got it all done, and when I was getting ready now, hours later, to actually record the podcast, I pulled it up on my my Mac. Uh, what is this? What do we have nowadays? MacBook Air? Yeah, that's what I have. Um, I've had a lot of MacBooks, so sorry for that pause. Anyway... Um, When I opened it up, there was everything I had done. It just automatically was synced up, didn't lose a thing. It was wonderful. I can also pull it up on my phone. I can pull it up on somebody else's computer if I log in through the web. Uh, It's very easy. So some of the best things about it for someone with ADHD is the fact that it can be so colorful. You can color the text. You can even shape the text. A guy named Danny Hatcher um, used to do a lot of YouTube videos about how to use Notion and he came up with some amazing ways to format text, just made it beautiful with fonts and all kinds of things. It also has some widgets, some of which are free, some of which are paid. But what that means is that I can, for example, on my dashboard, have an integrated Pomodoro timer or a countdown timer for days, or I can integrate my Google Calendar. I can't edit it from Notion, but I can see it. And that's very useful. And as I mentioned, when you put the data into a database, there are many different ways that you can look at it and many different ways you can see it. And that is honestly one of the best things for ADHD because as many people in the comments and many people have mentioned, one of the issues that we have is that we'll find a great system that works wonderfully. And we're really excited about it. And we use it for a day, a week, a month, maybe a few months and then suddenly one day it just doesn't feel right anymore. Well, what might happen is that you switch to a different app or something like that, and you have to either leave the information behind or you have to redo it. Well, in Notion, you can just choose a different view. You can create a different dashboard using the same data, but everything looks different. You can tweak it. You can make it the way that works for you. There are also a whole lot, Of professional ADHD coaches and just professionals in general who have ADHD that say that it's the best thing for them. Um, The person who I learned the most uh, about Notion from is a person named Marie Poulin uh, and her husband, uh, Benjamin, who they created a program called Notion Mastery. And I made the decision early on when they first came out with it to be in the beta testing group. And that was one of the best decisions I ever made. Cost a lot of money, but um, not as much as it would cost now, but it was so worth it. They have continued to have a great community. They're very friendly. They answer questions. They have lots of office hours. And Marie uh, initially did a long talk with her sister who has ADHD and custom-made a Notion dashboard for her. And you can find that on YouTube. It's about an hour and a half presentation. It's fascinating to see how it goes in. Since that time Marie also has become diagnosed with ADHD and she also obviously still really likes it and says it's very useful for handling a lot of the executive function so it is a great tool for doing that kind of externalized also because they have all that funding there's a good notion team that is out there working on various kinds of integrations so it has improved and improved and improved in fact one of the things on my to-do list is to go back and look and see how their new way of doing formulas. I mean, it's database. You want to be able to do formulas in it if you want to manipulate the data. And the initial way they had formulas was kind of esoteric and kind of confusing for a non-programmer mind like mine. Apparently now they've done Notion 2.0 for formulas. And the 2.0 version of formulas is apparently better I can't speak from personal experience because I haven't had time to do it yet, but I will be going to the Notion Mastery Formulas 2.0 course to learn about it, and I'm confident that it will be very interesting. So it does keep getting better all the time, and they tend to listen to people. They don't listen to everybody. I have been asking for a particular feature since day one, and it still ain't there. But they did integrate into it, like every other program in the world these days, an AI um, and I found it pretty useful um, if I need to generate, say, a dozen different tweets for a—oh, we don't tweets anymore, do we? If I have to generate a dozen different Instagram he- uh, headings for a fundraiser that I'm uh, promoting for my work, I can ask AI to do it. Now, it's not going to be perfect. Um, like most AIs, it will tend to add in things that either don't exist or aren't actually there— but instead of having to come up with things from scratch, I can usually come up and just edit it or change it around. Uh, it's, it's also uh, again I learned this in a office hours with uh, Benjamin from Notion Mastery. By the way, sorry Ben, I don't know what your last name is, so I'm just going to call you Ben. Um, it he answered the question and basically, just like most AI, if you spend more time working and crafting your prompts, you can get even more information from it. So it is pretty helpful. And finally, one of the most useful things about Notion is that it has Apple widgets. I'm very much in the Apple ecosystem, so the fact that I can have a certain Notion page or a certain shortcut hooked up to my uh, Notion database is very handy. uh, On my iPhone, on my um, iPads... Haven't used it yet in the new Mac desktop, but it's there and I could use it. So that's all very useful. So with all those wonderful things, you're probably, if you haven't already downloaded Notion, you are probably looking at it. And if you have downloaded Notion and tried it and abandoned it, you might be thinking of trying it again. And before you do that, let's talk about the bad parts of Notion. So the biggest con um, about Notion is the fact that it is an online-only um, tool. So if you don't have internet access, you don't have Notion. There is no offline access. And honestly, the uh, consensus among developers and that is that they probably never will. They, they actually make a lot of money having it on their servers, and it is not encrypted both ways. It is encrypted to some extent, And for most security, it's okay. However, if you are a stickler for security, it ain't secure. It ain't secure at all. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people have abandoned Notion, as wonderful as it is. That uh, security hole, the other issue is that, um, sure, you can say, yes, it's all encrypted on our servers. But as much as I love the Notion crew and as much as I love the people at Notion... All it takes is one bad actor there in with access to that database and whatever tools you've been or whatever information you've been putting in Notion, it can be accessible to them. So they got your nudes, they got your uh, bank statements, they got your budget, they got your diet, they got all those things. Now, they say they'll never sell it to anybody. And, you know, I believe them, I, I trust them, but they have the data and all they are is one update to their terms of use, and they can use the data any way they want to. So you don't have control over that, and that can bother a whole lot of people. Now, the answer may be just don't put your nudes in Notion, right? Um, That's fine if that's what you want to do, but one of the things that we are all looking for is that one app to rule them all, the one app that we can use that will... Be able to handle our banking and our love letters and our haikus and that horrible novel that we are guiltily writing in our spare time that actually you should keep writing because it's probably actually really good. Another thing that I don't like about it is that the iPad version or the iPad OS versions of Notion are just different enough from the desktop version to be frustrating. Uh, among other things, there's not really any kind of pencil integration. Um, even if I end up, you know, trying to use the scribble with my pen, which is where you can just write text and your iPad will turn it into into uh, text. On Notion, it sometimes works and sometimes doesn't, and sometimes it works, but it puts the thing I'm writing on a different line. Uh, it just is not integrated in. So one of the top things that I wish they would have is Apple Pencil integration, that would also have character recognition. And I know it can't be that hard because a lot of other programs have it, but Notion ain't got it yet. So that's very frustrating to me. Also, if you are going to use Notion if extensively and you have it on your phone, while it will work, you're going to need to configure your workspace specifically to work in a mobile way. It doesn't automatically do that. Now, there's lots of tutorials out there for how to do that, but you have to do it yourself. Another thing that I have found is that you may find that you love Notion and want to use it all the time and use it to organize work stuff, and then you show it to your boss, and your boss says, hey, I don't like this. Can I have it in an Excel document instead? Now, you can do that. You can export a Notion database to a CSV and then import it into Excel or whatever thing they want to use. But um, it's sometimes hard to get... Buy in from your coworkers. Uh, they will oftentimes get frustrated. Um, I know of at least one Notion consultant who basically specializes in presenting and educating teams of people in Notion. Because if you have a group of people there together that can ask questions, usually you can get buy in because it is you know it can be seen how to be useful. But if you just say to a coworker, "Hey, I'm using Notion. Here's a link. Go get it." they may end up not wanting to have to do that learning curve and work with you. So you may end up being the only person at your workplace to use Notion, like I am. Also, that thing being offline, that means that the bigger your Notion databases get and the bigger your things go, that when you load them, there can be a delay. Now, this is just annoying for neurotypical folks, but If you have ADHD and you're sitting there waiting 30 seconds for something to load in, you are probably going to end up getting distracted, going somewhere else, checking your email, checking threads, checking to see what else is happening. And that can be really, really annoying. It's also easy to be overwhelmed with how many different things you can do with Notion. You want to get the bang for your buck. You want to make sure you do as many things as possible. And you can do so many things. It's like having an entire Tinker Toy set. You can make an entire town with a amusement park and everything else in it, but it's easy to be overwhelmed by that. Uh, And it does, if you want to have more than, I think it's a thousand blocks, which you actually use up faster than you'd think, uh, it does cost some money. Now it's not a whole lot of money. It's not, it's less than a Netflix membership for a basic basic, uh, plan. And uh, there are also nonprofit rates, which is one of the things that I get to use. Um, And the AI add-on is only $10 a month, which is frankly cheaper than the GPT Plus. And at the time of this recording, I think GPT Plus has been closed down. So, you know, if you want to get access to AI, that's pretty good. Not quite up to GPT-4, but up there, you can uh, pay about $10 a month. It also sort of uses Markdown, which is a formatting language. So, for example, if I want to do a heading, I just type in a pound sign. And if I want to do a drop toggle menu, I type in a greater than sign. Um, And when you're writing, if you know Markdown, that makes it really fast and really easy to format your document. However exporting it, it's a little bit proprietary, especially if you're going to do a backup, it's going to actually be a proprietary um, file format or at least file naming convention. So I do have a backup from when I left one job and I backed up my entire Notion database to take with me and I have access to it, but it's very hard to find stuff in it because while I do have all the data there, the file structure and the file names are pretty um, opaque. So, if you do end up moving from Notion to something else, you may end up having trouble transporting your data. Now, the biggest con for me in Notion is that I like to do sketch notes. I like to use visual um, drawings and things like that when I am taking notes or explaining things or whatever. And there's no built in ability to do that within Notion. Uh, you can import drawings. You can. Import different uh, programs that do drawings, like I mentioned, Excalibur or Miro or things like that. But there's not really any ability to sketch within the app. I remember early on with Notion, there were a few people that tried to make plugins that would let you do it. None of them worked really well. And um, as I mentioned, the iPad Scribble only works kind of haphazardly. So those are all things that are frustrating with Notion. And that being said, as I mentioned, there's a lot of people, a lot of great teachers that use, um, they use Notion, and some of them are ADHD specialists. For example, if you um, happen to look on YouTube for some of the um, videos by Karen McGill, uh, that's C-A-R-E-N-M-A-G-I-L-L, I really like her videos because she happens to also best specialize in professionals who've been late diagnosed uh, so they really resonate with me. And she has an entire Notion template that she designed that works great for her for um, ADHD folks to keep things organized. And I actually have shelled out the money to buy it. It was worth it. Do I use it every day? No, not yet. Uh, I already mentioned Notion Master a few times. That's you know probably the best one out there that I can think of. I've also really liked, there's a thing called the Notion Bar, and um, they make a happiness planner uh, that is absolutely beautiful and elegant and fun, and they also have a whole lot of YouTube videos, and they do consulting, and also I have paid for that one, and it was worth it. Uh, Again, I don't use it every day, but while I did use it, it was great. One of the communities I am active in is the Prolific Publishing uh, Group, Uh, by Regina Adeginu. I don't think I'm pronouncing her last name right, but if you just look for byregina.com, you will find all of her work. And it is absolutely wonderful. And one of the content uh, management systems that she created comes in Notion along with a whole lot of the things that she uh, teaches in her workshops. And that one is one that I am actively using and actively enjoying. I also got a whole lot of use out of the consumer to creator lab. Um, I don't have written down in my notes who made that, but if you look up consumer and then the number two creator lab, you will find them. And that was a very useful um, blogging tool that kind of has templates for taking things from ideas into actual fleshed out essays or whatever else, and then repurposing it into things like tweets and everything else. It's really good. There's a few other things that are, I believe, more designed for neurotypicals, or at least they may have been designed for them, but they feel more neurotypical to me. And I wish they worked because they're really beautiful and they're really awesome, but they're way too complicated. And uh, that was the particularly the Life OS, which, um, again, I don't have it written down, and the Bulletproof Workspace. Both of them really, I thought, were going to be the answer to my um, executive function organizational needs working as an executive director and later as a development director for nonprofits. Both of them just ended up being a little too much. And one of the common things you'll hear from people, especially ADHD people, is that, yes, you can get another template from someone else who says, this is a great template, it looks so beautiful. But if you didn't design it around your own brain, then you are probably going to find it frustrating. I have definitely found that to be true and that's one of the biggest things about this PKM and the other one which is that it's really easy to get sucked down a rabbit hole of configuring things and figuring things out you kind of have to sit there and not think about it as being productive because you aren't being productive you can look at it as hey you know what if i get this task done or i get this particular um objective done i'm going to reward myself by giving myself a half hour an hour to um, play in my Notion garden, which is the way I usually think of it, play in my Notion garden. But it is going to be playing and you'll be making it pretty and making it, you think, more efficient, hopefully, but it ain't working. It ain't being productive. So that's my review of Notion. And as I mentioned, this particular episode and the NAPOD POMO um, project that I'm doing right now is outlined in Notion. So obviously, I do still use it. But there's another thing that was out there that came out that I really thought was cool. And it was designed and built by a couple of people who, well, you can look up Obsidian's origin story, and it's just a pretty cool one. You like the fact the people that made it um, kind of have that whole we're building things in their garage, and they come up with something really incredible. So let's talk about Obsidian, which is the other fun PKM. So here's the pros for Obsidian. It's fast, okay? It's simple, it's non-proprietary. You start it up and the first thing you see is a daily note. And you know what to do with the daily note. You write down the stuff you're gonna do in your day. It makes it really easy. It also uses Markdown, which um if you learn Markdown, I, I highly recommend it because it's used in a whole lot of different writing these days. And the best part is is that Obsidian stores those files just as md files, markdown files, which means I can easily take an obsidian document and put it into Notion because Notion reads Markdown. Can't do that the other way necessarily. You can also customize a lot more than you can customize in Notion. Um, you can make entire themes for your Obsidian workspace. One of the fun things that I had with it was that I could go from a nice, gentle, elegant, um, what was it called? The, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but there's lots of different themes, and some of them are beautiful and elegant, and some of them are wild and crazy. There's one that's an 80s neon theme that was just a lot of fun to use. And all of these are made by, not by Obsidian themselves, but by the community. And that's one of the neatest things about it. There's a huge community of users of Obsidian that are making all kinds of plugins and themes and updating them, or sometimes not updating them. If you find it useful, that's just too bad because most of them don't cost any money. You just download them and download the plugin and it'll work. Or it'll work once you configure it, maybe. Another thing Obsidian has that is really cool is a graph view. And the graph view... It's sort of like a 10,000-foot view of all of your notes. Uh, you can see their connections, and it's a lot of fun to look at. It, it looks pretty. You can look at it in different ways. You can look at it by time. You can adjust it by size. And it, if you just do a Google for Obsidian graph views and look at some of the images, you'll see what I mean about it it's just looking really cool. And in some ways, it makes you look feel like you're looking at your own brain because it's Kind of chaotic, but there's so many different connections, and the way things connect is weird and can be unusual. And it's just neat. And it's not something that Notion has. The iPad OS and phone versions work pretty much the same as the desktop version. I've had a lot more easy time flicking between the two uh, than I did with Notion versions, but that is just the way it works. It is very quick to launch. You don't have any delay because your uh, database is kept locally. It's just text files. So there's plenty of room, whether it's your phone, your laptop, or whatever. And uh, you can, it just launches right away. I mentioned the Daily Note, which is built in. Like it's just a regular thing. They know that you're going to probably want to have each day with a Daily Note. And a lot of people use the Daily Note or a plugin that actually gives you a weekly note view and lets you. Uh, configure it so you can have your own particular daily journal. Like it, There's ways to bullet journal in that uh, way and all kinds of stuff. It's endlessly interesting. It's a very active community, the Reddit community. There's different videos on it that are really good. It honestly just feels fun. It made me feel like a hacker because I'm mainly doing text and I'm you know, getting to configure things. And, and it's a little more complicated to configure things, which just gives you a little puzzle to figure out. And it works really well with Excalibur, which is an entirely different program that has integrated with several different PKMs and platforms. Um, And you can use it right within Notion. Notion, bad, bad gray. We'll, we'll fix that in post. Um, you can use that right in Obsidian. Now, it's not going to give you the same flexibility of, say, Procreate or even of, uh, you know, Apple's uh, Freeform app. But it does have really good stuff, and it's very actively being developed. It's always getting better, and I really enjoy doing it. In fact, uh, when I took a Linking Your Thinking course, the you, part of the course you sort of end up with doing a presentation, and I gave my presentation... Live doing sketch notes in the um in the Excalidra. and that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that so with all that being said, um you know you'd think it's it's really useful and and as I said, you get to keep your database on your own server um, so I have a backup in Dropbox I have a backup in um my iCloud. I have backups on my machines. You could easily put a backup on a thumb drive if you want, although that one wouldn't sync. And frankly, you can sync for free. Although if you do that with your iCloud, it's a little bit more slow. If you pay a little bit of money, about $10 a month, I believe, with the time of this recording, you can pay for the Obsidian Sync. Um, Oh, and I forgot to say, one of the benefits of Notion is that you can easily make any of your documents viewable online. You can have a URL attached to anything that you put in Notion. Obsidian doesn't let you do that unless you either pay for Obsidian Publish or end up um, using some kind of a third-party plugin. So here's the issues with Obsidian. It is great for note-taking and great for linking notes and, and linking thoughts. But if you want to do databases you have to download a particular plugin called DataView. And if like me, you like to use these PKMs for project and task management, you're gonna to have to do a lot of different plugins and a lot of different, um, learn some new syntax. And there's a learning curve and it's gonna change and it can easily look fine in one area. And then three days later, you find out that it's not working as well. Um, so there's a learning curve. Um, as I mentioned, it costs some money to in order to sync easily. Not a whole lot, but it's real. The fact that it has endless customization makes it not a rabbit hole. It makes it a Sarlacc pit. Okay, It is easy to spend an entire day fiddling around with your Obsidian workspace, thinking that you're going to make it better and make it more usable and more efficient but in reality, you're just fiddling around with it. You are just playing with the tinker toys, um, So not exactly the best thing. It's also not quite as friendly to multiple file types as Notion or have as many integrations, at least not out of the box. As I mentioned, there's a huge community. You can write your own plugins, if that's your jam, and uh, it can do it. And it doesn't have a built-in sketch or diagram capacity. You can put in Excalibur, but that's an external program. In the Graph view... It's really cool. I've never really found a practical use for it other than going, hey, look at all the neat thoughts I have and look at how they're linked together. Never really found a good use for it other than it makes your desktop look cool. I know there are some people who do find it useful though. So that's just my own experience. And there are also not quite as many templates available Particularly not templates that are specifically for ADHDers. In fact, I only really know one that is specifically for an ADHDer. You can find that on Reddit if you just go looking up um, Obsidian MD, I think is the group. Uh, and they're very thorough, but they're also very geeky. They're very much written in ways where they say, you know, well, here's how you configure the theme. And so it's going to take some time if you want to do that. Um, it is going to be a thing where you have to change it. Now, if you do are still interested in doing this, I can give you some great resources. For example, Linking Your Thinking, which I mentioned with with Nick Milo. Um, it's a great community. It's a great course. I really enjoyed it. I actually miss the community. Now I don't get to hang out with them as much as, but I've had some of the best conversations and geekiest um, conversations about various ways of knowledge management. It's just nice. If you um, ever go into like, The uh, Tiago Forte's PARA method, I always think of linking your thinking as kind of the next level up. So PARA is about configuring and catching your information. Linking your thinking is about using it. Um, Also kind of reminds me of the difference between karate and Aikido, but that's getting a little esoteric. Um, I mentioned Danny Hatcher for Notion, and in the beginning, Danny Hatcher was all about the Notion. He did all kinds of great Notion stuff. And you know what? For a lot of the reasons that I mentioned above and other reasons for his own, he switched to Obsidian, and he now does a whole lot of content about Obsidian, and he's a great resource on YouTube, very entertaining, a nice guy. Um, I really enjoy his his work. I have no idea if he actually has ADHD or self-identifies. Would not surprise me, but um, he, is, he is definitely a great resource. Someone who does have ADHD and uses Obsidian is uh, Brian Jenks. B-R-Y-A-N-J-E-N-K-S. He has a great YouTube channel with a lot of interesting conversations both about working with ADHD and how he uses Obsidian for his workspace. Uh, Nicole van der Hoeven, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Uh, you can find in the show notes or just do a Google search for YouTube videos about using Obsidian and D&D gaming. Now, that's the only thing that she does Uh, but that's a a quick way to find her YouTube videos, and she has some great things, especially if you are really wanting to get into things like DataView. Her YouTube videos are really useful. On Medium.com, which is a place that I had originally written a whole lot on before I moved to Substack, uh, there's a person named Elaine. Now, it's E-L-L-A-N-E, and she does a paperless... Is it? No. Sorry. It's paper productivity system... But she also uses Obsidian and, in fact, has an Obsidian vault that you can download to get yourself started. Uh, And she is someone who uses both um, paper-based productivity and then the Rocketbook app. Not a Rocketbook, but just the app to capture the um, text in it and then imports it into Obsidian. She has some really cool shortcuts involved in there as well. Um, And and I have permission from this person to share this. There is a person, if you go to uh, www.arc.wtf, ARC, arc, what the fuck? Um, She has an article about personal knowledge madness, a tale of building a personal knowledge management system again, which, hey, go back to that original thread that I mentioned. That's uh, something we all have in common. Now, reading her uh, description of how she does it almost had me wanting to pull out my Obsidian and fire it up and go back to Obsidian again. Uh, but then she talked about configuring a Git repository, and I was like, you know what? I know I could figure it out, but there are other things that I need to do with my life, like do podcasts about it. So I think that it was very entertaining to read. She's a great writer, and... Um, Definitely recommend that. And I'll have a link in the show notes to her work as well. Now, where does this all end up? Well, I already mentioned that I am using Notion actively. And that is because in spite of the security holes that are involved in it, um, there are—it's the database stuff is just too damn useful. Uh, I really like being able to see the different views easily. I know those of you who are using Obsidian are like, well, you can totally do this if you do this. Yes, I know. I have done it and I know how much work it takes to configure things to make it do what Notion does automatically out of the box. I don't have the time. Uh, So I do use Notion for things like project management. If I'm doing a project when I knew I was going to do, for example, this uh, podcast project, set up a database, I started typing in my ideas in the database and said, well, I want to know when it's recorded, I want to know when it's published, I want to know what link it refers to, Um, and I just put those properties in, and then I have a calendar that I can look at and move the things around and make it really easy or figure out what I need to edit, as if I had an edit process that went beyond recording things and uploading them. But um, in reality, the answer to which I use most, Notion or Obsidian, for personal project management or my everyday thing is neither. I do not use either. I have a beautiful, well, let's see. The current version is a Archer and Olive B6 notebook. And I do most of my meeting notes, most of my weekly planning, bullet journaling, most of my bullet journaling in that particular um, thing. And I do take pictures of it. And put them into relevant things in Notion. Like, for example, I do have a database of my work meetings in Notion. And I will import whatever agenda was sent to me for the work meeting. Sometimes I'll take some notes in that. But then I will mostly take the notes at the meeting in my bullet journal. And that's because my bullet journal does not distract as much. I don't get lost down syntax and things like that. I can still make it pretty if I want to. I can still try out new systems. But basically, it's me, the ink, and the page. And that keeps me focused and keeps me productive. I keep it on my desk all the time. I don't have to wait for it to fire up. I don't have to wait for anything And I do have to take time to make sure the things I write down in the book go where they need to go, whether that's on a calendar or an email or another document. But that content calendar that I mentioned in Notion... That was populated with ideas that I first wrote out on a page in my bullet journal. And I do still use that every day to uh, do whatever I want to do. And that's a way. And I mentioned in my previous post how useful a notebook is. Um, I do have a bullet journal and I also have a smaller booklet. In fact, I have begun making my own books because I'm enjoying the crafting and paper crafting and things like that. But what it comes down to for me is that I use Notion just as much as I need to and no more. I don't spend a lot of time building templates. I don't spend a whole lot of time uh, doing daily uh, inputs because I do all that in my bullet journal. And I find that it keeps me focused on actually making stuff, making content, making the crafts that I work with. So I would suggest... Yeah, pick one, but if you find yourself getting tempted to tweak it and decorate it and do all kinds of things like that, switch to paper because otherwise you're just going to end up doing more stuff. Now, some people are going to say, well, what about um, Amplenote or what about uh, Todoist and what about Craft and what about all these? Yeah, there's lots of other ones like that. I have used a lot of them. Some of them I haven't. I've never used Rome. Research or log seek. Hey, if those work for you, they're great. But really, they're all various variations on these two that I've already mentioned. And some of them do have, like, craft has sketching built in. It does. But at the same time, it's not that good in other ways. And I still found myself, when I did use craft, going through a lot of tweaking and making little cards and making backgrounds for the cards and color coding things. And again, not actually using the information, just making the information look pretty. So my recommendation to everybody is use a bullet journal method and use it in a book. And if you want to make it pretty, get some colored pens. I love my Micron pens and uh, like brush pens. Food and boy brush pens are wonderful, but that's me. In reality, you're going to have to use whatever works for your brain. And I will say... As I mentioned in Notion, maybe one way to use the databases and get, keep yourself from getting bored with it is to try a different view at different times. That may be a workable workflow. However, for me, I'm 54 years old and I got a lot of more stuff I want to do with my life and making Notion pretty is not really on the list. So that's my thoughts. I would love to hear your thoughts if you use Notion, if you use Obsidian, if you use something else. Um, and I also 100% will admit that while I have been using bullet journaling pretty extensively uh, for s- last several months, um, I admit that it takes a certain amount of time. It does have some insecurity because while I'm not worried about somebody stealing it, I certainly worry about myself losing it. I also take a lot of time to get the information from the bullet journal out into where it needs to go. So it's not the best thing, but it's been the best thing for me lately. And that's kind of where I think ADHDers end up with personal knowledge management management tools, is that we need to use what we use. And you also need to make sure that the information is in one place. Because I can tell you, as someone who has switched from notion to obsidian, to craft, to ample note, to notebooks, sometimes all within the same week. When you start doing that, you will lose information. It's like you are giving your personal knowledge management system ADHD. and normally it's not a contagious thing, but it will be for that. So I would say be careful and whatever you do pick, stick with it for a while and make sure you have a plan for moving the data if you know you're going to change it later on. That's my advice, uh, because we do need a personal knowledge management system of some kind to externalize a lot of aspects of our executive function. So we'll talk more about it, not only on this podcast and in upcoming videos and things, but also we'll be talking about it at the ADHD Open Space in Madison, Wisconsin on January 20th at the Serenity Labs. Now, uh, we do have our early bird registration open right now. So if you really think you want to come to Madison, Wisconsin in January, which is not as cold as you think it is, I, by all means, would love to see you there. Otherwise, I'd love to hear what your opinions are. I'd like to hear what you think should be talked about. I can almost guarantee you that one of the sessions that will be there will be all about... PKM systems, what works, what doesn't, and maybe just hanging out and bitching about Notion or Obsidian or Craft, or Bullet Journaling, whatever. It'll be a lot of fun. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the ADHD Open Space Podcast. Again, my name is Gray Miller. If you have any comments or questions about the show, you can feel free to leave them on the podcast page at adhdos.substack.com forward slash podcast, or you can email me directly, Gray, GRAY, at adhdopen.space. The background music for the intro and outro are from pixabay.com and are called Funny Days Together by Background Music Lab used under a YouTube content ID license.